continuing on the series of miracles of Elijah. Last week, we saw how Elijah declared a drought over Israel and shut the heaven for how many years? Three and a half years. And again, when he prayed, the heaven opened. And remember, when drought began, Elijah was asked by God to hide himself near the brook Cherith. And God assured that he will be fed during the time of drought by ravens. So at some point of time, we read the river Cherith dried up. The brook Cherith dried up completely. And then God spoke to Elijah saying, Elijah, you arise from here and go to Zarephath. Can you say Zarephath? That's what we read in 1 Kings chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles open, you can go to 1 Kings chapter 17 or you can get that in the screen. Let's read that together. 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. Who was there? A widow. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get the water, he called her again and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and for my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, the bin of your flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So he went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he, means Elijah, she and Elijah and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So this morning I titled my sermon as Miracles of Elijah, Flour and Oil Multiplied. Can you say that with me? Flour and Oil Multiplied. The obvious message in this passage, this passage of the scripture is focused on the miracle. Whatever you give, whatever, whenever you can give something to the Lord or to God's people, the Lord is faithful to bless you back. And he will take the remaining amount of it and he will bless it so that you can have that blessing for the rest of your life. You know, there is no doubt about it. 
God wants us to give. God wants us to give to him. God wants us to give the work of the Lord. God wants us to send to missionaries. God wants us to support orphans. God wants us to give during the crisis situation. It's all different means through which we give to God. And when we give to God, God takes it and he multiplies it as Elijah, as God was multiplying the flour and the oil, and God does the same thing. But I want you to have a closer look at what is going on here in someone else, someone's life who explored all the possibilities. Amen. Are you with me? Okay. So who explored all the possibilities in, his, in her life for living. If someone is making a decision of ending his life, ending her life with, along with the child, I'm sure that person would have explored all the possibilities. Otherwise, nobody will come to such a drastic decision in their life. It's not only their life along with the child. She wants to die. And I'm sure she would have explored all the possibilities that are possible on the face of this earth. I know today, some of you sitting here, those who are listening and continue to listen to me, listen to me, you are in the verge of giving up the hope that you have. Not on God, but in your life, on your life. The, you are almost giving up the hope that you had about your future. I want to talk to you today. I want you to follow me closely. I want to divide this portion of the Bible, section of the scripture into three sections, three different segments. Number one, every time when the women opened the jar and the bin, she saw a couple of things inside the jar and inside the, in the bin. Every time, every time when she went and opened the jar and the bin, she saw only little flour and little oil that is just sufficient for one meal. Can you say one meal? That's all she saw inside the jar and the bin. And she did that multiple times. And child was crying for food. And she went there and opened the jar and opened the bin and saw just meal sufficient for one time. She didn't want to touch that. She said, wait, wait, let's not use up that, what, what is remaining. We need that just before we die. You know, that's what her plan was. You know, today, every time you try to do something in your life, but you know, nothing happens and you come back and say that it's not going to work. She saw nothing beyond that. Nothing, just nothing. It's empty. Starvation. And eventually, she saw death. You know, that's what we see at times with our ordinary eyes. She never felt like eating that whatever just was remaining there. She wanted to preserve that for adversity. She wanted to preserve that just before dying, to eat just before dying. She never realized that she has something in her hand. She never realized that she has been full of uh, uh, flour and a jar full of oil, full of off, you know, it doesn't matter. She had something in her hand. Can you say something? She had something at her disposition, but she never realized what she had in her hand. She never realized the potential of the flour and the oil that she had in her 
hand. I mean, we know that very well. There is no potential that they are just ordinary oil and flour. But there is something amazing that's going to happen. But she never realized. Every time when she went and opened the jar and the bin, she came disappointed. She came back home disappointed. I went for this interview, that interview. I knocked at this door, that door. Nothing is working. Coming back home with disappointment. That's what she saw. But Elijah could see something beyond that little flower and the oil. You know, there's a great difference between the eyes of the widow and the eyes of the man of God. The widow could only see death beyond, but Elijah could see life beyond. Can I hear an amen this morning? Elijah could see life beyond, but this woman could see only death. You know, today we are seeing the same situation. We are repeatedly seeing the same thing, which is not going to work, which is not going to materialize. You need the eyes of Elijah to see what is beyond that bin of floor, flour and the jar of oil. The women saw no possibility. But Elijah could see many possible. You know, that's how when, when, we, when we start, you know, helping somebody, when we start to, you know, teach somebody, just have her or him sit in front of you. When they come to you and they say that, I don't have any other way to go. The moment your eyes roll around and you see multiple possibilities, we wonder, we worry why she is unable to see those possibilities in her life. Elijah was in the same situation. The widow could see only death beyond, but Elijah could see life. Women saw no possibilities. Elijah could see many possibilities. Women saw that's the end of it. But Elijah saw that's just the beginning of everything. There are many more miracles it to come on her way. You know, this morning I pray that God may give you the eyes of Elijah, not only the days of Elijah, what you need, the eyes of Elijah to see beyond what you could see and it really matters how you see yourself do you see that you have something inside of you something that is amazing that has a great potential inside of you you need the those two eyes you need that pair of eyes that Elijah had in his life you know this morning I want I'm talking to you it really matters how do you see yourself. Joshua and Caleb went and spied the land. They had different pair of eyes. It, of course, they had a different spirit. They did not see the way the other spies saw the land. We need those eyes to see what you have inside of you today. What you have inside your house today. What you have inside your life today. Jesus saw different than the others saw. There are many people they couldn't see. Jesus could see the faith that was inside of him. Jesus could turn back without turning back. He could see who touched my, the hem of my garment. Jesus could see the faith that was inside of somebody to receive healing. Jesus saw many different things that all the all ordinary people couldn't see ever. All are gifted. All are given some kind of gift in their lives. Maybe your environment. Maybe your family. Maybe your children. Maybe your very own life. God has given you as a blessing. 
but many times you don't see you don't see the blessing that God has put in your life the potential that God has put in your life we don't see it really matters how we see ourselves my question to you this morning in fact there are three questions you can put the first slide what is that little you still see in you it's a specific question to you can you repeat that question with me what is that little you still see in you what is that little that you still see in you if I'm there, I would ask the same question to the widow. What is that little thing that you still see inside your house that can help you to survive, that can continue, that can help the life to continue? What is that some little thing that you see inside of you? A little talent? A little ability? A little skill? A little commitment that you want to do something for the Lord? Or a little good attitude towards the work of God, towards your life, towards people around you. Or you have a little ability to handle multiple things at the same time. Or you have a little ability to take decisions and move forward. Or you have an ability to encourage others. I want you to think about what is that little thing. At the end of the sermon, I want you to come out with what is the little thing that you see inside of you. A little ability to sing, little ability to play instruments, or little ability to support, volunteer, and whatnot. What do you see? What is that little thing that you see inside of you? Question number two for the next slide. What do you see? beyond what you have you know these are very important questions lifelong you and i are going to ask these questions to us multiple times whenever we stand in a junction whenever we want to make a decision what do you see beyond what you have in you maybe nothing maybe you get confused when you think about what is beyond what God wants me to do next? Or it's foggy. You don't see anything. Or whenever you think about it, fear grips your heart. You see what you have in your hands, but whenever you think about beyond anything, fear grips your heart. At times you get frustrated because many times you had been there. It's not the first time. Many times you experienced the same thing and you came back and saying, that, Lord, I can't do it. God, you want me to do it really? I can't do it. I can't do it, Lord. Find somebody else. Maybe you don't see anything at all. Maybe you couldn't see anything because of other people in your life. There have been a hindrance to, for you to see what God wants you to see. Remember? Have you experienced that in your life? I have experienced. Paul has experienced because he says, When God called me, I did not, con I did not consult with my flesh and blood. They will come and stand on your way to destroy the call of God in your life. When I wanted to come to full-time ministry, I consulted with only two. Not to anybody else, my immediate family. If I would have stretched a little bit beyond, I would have got discouraged. Same thing true is true to you. Whenever you think or try to see something beyond what you have in your hands, fear grips your heart. Or your responsibilities may be standing in front of you today. If you do this, what will happen to your family? 
what will happen to your life what people will think about you how you will get underestimated how you may lose all your friends how can i do this god is asking you to look in your hands and tell look in your life and tell what do you see beyond what you have in your hands third questions that we can never forget to ask next slide what are you going to do with what you have in your hands what are you going to do with what you have in your hands the women said said she and her son they want to eat whatever they have and they then die what a beautiful decision in life whatever we have we will eat and then we will die what are we going to do with what we have maybe you are not planning to do anything with what we have and are we are afraid if i do something what will happen what is going to happen i, I don't know what god is trying to tell me tell you this morning maybe it's using your skills using your talent talent starting a business or changing your career i don't know what god is trying to tell you this morning but listen listen ask god god what do you want me to do at this moment what are you going to do with what you have in your hands maybe you are afraid because you don't know what is going to happen you are afraid because you don't know what's going to happen if you do something about it maybe you are afraid of others maybe you think that you know why to unnecessarily disturb the balance in the family you know we come out with a, a very 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 beautiful uh, very um, what do you say very thoughtful you know uh, argument with god and saying that god my life is well balanced now the environment is good don't ask me to do something else disturb to disturb the ba balance that i have in my family in my life maybe we are comfortable today god if i do something with what i have in my hand lord my comfort will be gone god asked the same question to moses you remember what do you have in your hands jesus asked the same question to the disciples what do you have in your hands to feed this 5000 what do you have on the on another occasion elijah asked another widow what do you have in your house the same question question god is asking this morning what do you see what do you see beyond and what are you going to do with what you have number 2 elijah asked her to stretch beyond her comfort zone can you say comfort zone elijah asked her to stretch beyond her comfort zone Elijah asked her the most discomforting impossible impractical and unbelievable task to do can you ever imagine that's what Elijah asked that woman it's not practical at all with a worldly eye that woman has little of little flour and oil she wants to bake and die eat and die and this prophet of god going to that woman and asking this question with a worldly eye if we see elijah behaved like a worst beggar on the face of this earth 
by trying to snatch something from somebody who has only one time meal and planning to eat and die. And this poor beggar went and snatched that meal from her. That's what it looks like from the eyes of the world. Elijah was just standing there, irritating her to the extreme, asking her to do something, the most disgusting thing on the face of those earth, trying to grab that meal that poor woman and the son had, had to eat. No doubt that Elijah was stretching her beyond her comfort zone. Are you with me this morning? Elijah was stretching her beyond her comfort zone. Today, God allows certain people over your life, I want you to listen to me, to stretch you beyond your comfort zone. And many times we escape, we go from this church to another church because it is too much, I can't handle it. God allows certain people over your life to stretch your life beyond. They are, they are, they are very critical about you. They are not satisfied with whatever you do. You can't really make them really happy. They always seem to be stretching you beyond, stretching you beyond. This morning I want you to know that God allowed certain people, allow certain people over your life, in your workplace. Think about that. Think about your supervisor. Many times we have complaints about our supervisor. Think about your colleague who is working with you in your team. Think about your manager. Think about your pastor. Think about your husband. Think about your children. God is allowing certain people over your life to just to stretch. John Maxwell, in his 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, when he addresses the loss of pain, this is what he writes, if you can put the next slide. He says, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. I believe that creativity begins at the end of your comfort zone. What begins at the end of comfort zone? Life and creativity. And I would say, God begins miracle, performing miracles at the end of your comfort zone. Are you with me? God begins to perform miracles at the end of your comfort zone. He wants to stretch you. He wants to make you, equip you, mold you, break you, and make you a vessel that is, that is ready to receive the honor that God wants to give you. You may be asking this morning, why am I going through this brokenness? Thank God for the person who is breaking you. It's not by somebody else, it is by God that God had allowed that person in your life just to break you. Just to break you so that that person's job is to prepare you for the time, the season that God has over your life. And once it is done, that person is gone. That person is gone. God can multiply the bin of flour and the jar of oil only when you are stretched beyond your comfort zone. The question that Elijah asked, she was not comfortable with that question. I'm not trying to give a motivational speech here, but I'm trying to tell you the way Elijah was used, the way Elijah was literally stretching her patience and asking her to prepare a cake for him first. From the little flower she has. And I have experienced that often in my life. 
and even I'm experiencing nowadays. Whenever I said something is impossible, no, I can't do it. I can really never do anything in my life. But when I allow myself to be stretched beyond my comfort zone, what is comfortable for me, I see God using me. I mean, that same thing is true to you. When you allow yourself to be stretched beyond a limit, you'll see God performing on behalf of you. What is the preventing you from allowing yourself to be stretched? In fact, those things need to die. Not you and the sun. What is blocking you from stretching yourself, allowing yourself to be stretched? Is it ego? Is it fear? Is it laziness? Or it's a fear of somebody else? Or it what may, you may be thinking? Or what you may be thinking that other may th others may think about you? Or a feeling of insecurity? What is allowing you to be stretched beyond your comfort zone? At times it may be a fear of rejection. Or it may be just a narrow vision that we have. And this morning God is speaking to you. For Jesus, it was a great stretch when he was at the Garden of Gethsemane. It was a great stretch for accepting the death, the cruel death that he had in front of him. That's what he said in Matthew chapter 26, verse 9, 39. Matthew 26, 39. He went a little farther and fell on his face. He was stretched beyond his ability, beyond his limit fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. It was not within his limit. If it was within his limit, he could have handled it well. But now he came to a moment in his life, he was stretched beyond his comfort level and he is crying out to God, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. For Paul, it was a stretch for him to accept the call of God. He was for sure he'll be stoned to death if he accepts, if he follows Jesus. Because that much he destroyed the church. For Moses, it was not a comfort zone to go and stand in front of Pharaoh and speak. You know how much he resisted, how much he hesitated. He even refused Miracles happen when we allow ourselves to be stretched. Elijah wanted her to see beyond the handful of flour and the oil. Allow God to stretch you. Allow God to stretch you beyond what you can handle and you will see the hand of God heavy upon your life. For you to live beyond, you need to put to death those things that don't allow us to be stretched. Number three, the woman willingly obeyed to what was asked. A simple story, but there's a great challenge. The woman just willingly obeyed to what was asked. Let's read those scriptures, First Kings chapter 17, 15 to 16. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. She didn't ask any questions. And she and he and her household ate for many days. So Elijah ended up in staying there. Because there was no food anywhere else. Verse 16, the bin of flour was not used up. Nor did the jar of oil run dry. According to the word of the Lord. Which he spoke by Elijah. 
This morning God is telling us that he wants to do something through our lives. And he wants us to see what already we have in our hands. And he wants us to believe beyond what we have in our hands. And he wants us to allow ourselves to be stretched so that miracles can begin in our lives. Can just want to quote from John C. Maxwell. He says, God, give, can put that slide. God gives us resources according to our dreams and according to our obedience. And God doesn't give those resources until we have started walking in obedience. Can you all say obedience? Can you say a louder obedience? God gives us resources according to our dreams, according to our desires, according to our obedience. But we don't see God giving the resources until we start walking in that obedience. You know, God wants obeyed people. God wants committed people. God doesn't want the gifts to, to be given to somebody else. God wants to make sure that the gifts are used in a proper way in the kingdom of God. God wants to make sure that you will stand committed until the end of your life to do the work of God. God wants to know. Singular Ferguson, a Scottish theologian, this is what he says. He says, be obedient, next slide, be obedient even when you do not know where obedience may lead you. Now, there are many times Jesus, while performing the miracles, he expected the disciples to obey. He expected the blind man to obey. Go and wash yourself. And he went. There are many times Jesus expected that obedience and he's expecting the same thing from our lives. Be obedient. Even if you do not know where the obedience is going to take you. Obey. When you're asked to stretch beyond your comfort zone, this widow could have easily rejected the request of Elijah saying that, sorry, I can't do it. All the possibilities. She will not be misunderstood. She can very well say, Elijah, I realize that you are a great prophet. I know that you shut the mouth of heaven. I know that you can do many things, but sorry, you can't do it. Why? Because you understand, I have only, I mean, little flour and little oil. You please understand, right? So that's how we come to an understanding. You please understand, you know, how much struggle I'm going through. Pastor, I can't come at 9.30, Pastor, to church because you please understand, you know, how much I'm going through in my house. I can't really volunteer, Pastor, because you understand, Pastor. You understand, Pastor. She could have said, Elijah, please understand my situation. She could have easily justified her decision of not giving, not stretching. But who will be the loser? She will exactly eat and die as she said. But when she was willing, when she was obeying to allow her to stretch beyond her comfort zone, we see miracles taking place. I remember in 2008, when a man of God, 2008, not very far, 14 years from here, when a man of God asked me to preach in a miracle night service, in English, for the first time ever in my life, I realized that I am stretched beyond my comfort zone because I never preached in English until then because it was not my native tongue. And he asked, 
But you know what? Certain people are having certain ways of telling to people. Otherwise, they don't listen. That's what he followed. He used a different language. He said, brother, God is asking me to tell you that you are going to preach in that English service. In English. And what should I say? If God is telling, who can I? Who am I to stand before? I said, yes. I know. I mean, there's a way to tell, right? So that's how you need to tell. Brother, God is telling you that you need to do this, then they will listen. That's what he did. Exactly. And I obeyed. And when I did that, I realized that God has a plan for me. That's what I realized. First sermon in English. I thought God has a plan for me. My church never asked. The church I used to be part of it, they never asked. But this is somebody else coming out of the place and he asking me to preach in English. And today here I am. The moment you are stretched beyond a limit and realize and know for sure that God has a plan. God has a plan. In the Old Testament, God sent prophets like Elijah. But in the New Testament, God sent the greatest prophet, Jesus, to tell us to believe in him. That's what he said. Believe in me. Today, God can do great things through you and through me because Jesus lived as a model. How many things Jesus performed on the face of this earth? What a kind of miracles that Jesus performed. What a kind of transformation he brought into those lives. The, one, the lives that, are, that were touched by Lord God, they got changed forever. Even while dying at the thief at the cross was transformed. And you know what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12, can you all read this together? Most assuredly, very important scripture, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. It will happen when you allow yourself to be stretched. Missionaries. Looking into the scripture. Holding on to this word. They cried out to God. God you sent me. You told me that I will do greater works than you did. Lord I'm going into this jungle. I'm going into this forest. I'm stretching. I'm allowing myself to stretch beyond my comfort zone. Lord God. They went there. Dead rose, dead came from, from, came to life from the dead. Miracles happened even though they died there. Church came alive in those areas, in those jungles of Africa and India and other parts of the globe. Why? Because they allowed them to be stretched. Today we are there inside the room closing, inside, sitting inside our closet and praying day after day and asking God, you said that I will do greater things than you, than you did. Nothing is going to happen allow yourself to be stretched then God can use you God has a plan to use you in his kingdom he has a plan to make great impacts in lives today there are lives outside we cannot reach with this gospel go there and be friend with them love them and care for them help them to find a job help them to find a vehicle not just only for the church believers if you do that that is a shameful thing God has a plan to take you to the nations. Do you believe that? We came to Canada. What so what? You think that you can settle down in Canada? No, 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 no. God has a different plan. You may go back to India. Who knows? I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you, you may go to Africa, who knows? I'm telling you because God has a plan to take you to the nations. That's a promise that God has given to you and your families. But it all depends on what do you see in your hand? And what do you see beyond? Are you willing to be stretched? Are you willing to obey? Shall we all stand this morning?